Welcome back to The Daily Mission. Here's an update on your start to 2023, or as I call it, the madness of crowds, market makers, greed, short squeezes, Fed fakes, and zero DTE options. Now first, here's your too long didn't listen, or TLDL. The worst is not over. Real estate is still screwed. We're heading further into earnings decline. The cost of capital continues to go up, stated differently, the interest paid on borrowing, and access to capital continues to decline. Powell and the Fed aren't cutting rates anytime soon. Maybe not at all this year. It depends on what kind of recessionary conditions we see. So let's get into it. And again, remember that these podcasts are meant for a wide swath from the unashamedly financially illiterate, and we're going to help bring you along, to the market practitioner or industry colleague. Before we jump into current day, let's address how we came roaring into January like a wild horde of trading beasts buying up everything that wasn't bolted down. Okay, not really. I mean, there was some retail buying and there was a surge in meme stocks and high beta, think higher risk, profitless tech and some zombie companies that are going bankrupt. But there was a lot of short covering by hedge funds in these things and manipulation occurring via the options market, particularly in the form of zero day to expiration options or zero DTE. For those not familiar, zero day to expiration options are a form of pure gambling. It's placing a bet that the market, in this case the S&P 500 via the SPY or SPY as we call it, will finish up or down on the day at a certain price. These options are down to the wire, basically expiring within six hours. Now it takes some serious cojones or ignorance in some cases to execute on these types of options. And it takes a large amount of capital, massive money, to move these big options contracts. This isn't the stay-at-home Davy Day trader at work. There's a short list of groups capable of this, and for sake of our humble business, I'll refrain from naming them. Like George Carlin said, it's a private club, and you and I ain't in it. Also of note, these options movements can also have an effect on suppressing volatility. There was a massive amount of short covering by big money players forced to cover their short positions and chase longs further into the green. But since then, the S&P 500 and Russell 2000 have picked up where they left off before January and resumed crash mode from all-time highs. This has been and will continue to be a process as we move deeper into earnings decline. Let's jump to the Fed talk from this week uh, on Tuesday, February 7th. It was interpreted as dovish, but, but it was in our opinion no deviation from where policy has been and no indication that rates will come down this year. We think that this will change if we encounter conditions that are officially recognized as recessionary. Markets were down before Powell's speech, and then here came the zero DTE options, slamming calls into the market. People thought Powell must have said something dovish, but in fact, it was big money movers making waves again, just like most of January. Then it was back to economic gravity. Let's look at a couple of factors. First to credit default swaps, or CDS for short. Think simply of this as insurance on US government bonds. Cost goes up because of perceived risk and they went up, not down. Now let's go over to our favorite stock barometer, bonds. Yes, the bond market can be quite the sage when determining risk. If we look at the two-year yield, it's at 4.5% as of today, February 10th. Yields gave us a little bit of a head fake by dropping in January, but have resumed their upward trajectory. The two-year yield has risen 0.45%, or what we call 45 basis points, in a week. This does not fit with the bullish narrative of a Fed pivot. 
Next week, appropriately on Valentine's Day, we get a new CPI print. That's Consumer Price Index measuring inflation. And if it stays near where it's been, it'll be a stay the course for the Fed. Expect them to continue rate hikes. Meanwhile, the 10-year U.S. Treasury bond is at 3.7%. That's as of today, February 10th. So knowing the two-year yield and the 10-year yield, picture in your mind a sloping chart that is higher on the left side and lower on the right side. Shorter-term bonds on the left, longer-term on the right. Normally, the right side would be higher than the left because you would be rewarded with higher yield for having to hold your money in a bond for a longer period of time. But the market works like a seesaw, the bond market, that is. When the Fed has to raise rates, it lifts the lower end of the curve, the left side, while the right side is ratcheted up by trading in the secondary market. But if future risk in markets is perceived, you have a scenario in which the longer end to the right sees yield going lower. The yield in the shorter term is higher than the longer term. This happens as recessions are anticipated. As risk is anticipated in stock markets, money flows to longer dated bonds as a perceived safety trade. This is what creates the inverted yield curve you hear so much about, and it's a pretty good indicator of recessions. One good way to measure this is to look at the what we call the twos tens chart. That's the two-year yield versus the 10-year yield. Subtract one from the other, and what do you get? Well, right now you get a difference of about 0.80% or what we call 80 basis points. This means that the two-year U.S. Treasury yield is higher than the 10-year U.S. Treasury yield and indicates that we could be in for some economic disappointment. This yield curve inversion that we're experiencing right now, by the way, is quite steep in the historic range. Now, full disclosure, we had some defensive positions, a sizable percentage of cash, and many smaller short positions coming into this year. Our allocation had pretty much stayed the same as we rolled out of the last quarter of 2022. For the duration of last year, we were largely out of stocks, had short positions on various equity indices and sectors, and held cash positions ranging anywhere from 40 to 70% at any given time during the year. And we continue to be risk averse at this stage. Look for more from us in the coming days as we get more numbers on economic data, including the big CPI next week. For more on the importance of CPI, look to some of our short podcasts from last year. Until then, take care. And as always, please try to leave your emotions out of investment. Fade the FOMO, fade the fear, fade the YOLO. Just try to cut through the noise and look at the math. And as always, be good to one another, spend time with your family and friends, and enjoy this Super Bowl weekend. If you like this content, and we hope that you do, please subscribe and give us a rating. For more info on who we are, please visit followthemission.com. For other timely and insightful content, connect and follow us on LinkedIn. You can also find that link easily on our website, again, at followthemission.com. This is not a financial advice. We don't know your individual or organizational situation. Consult a professional if you're looking for guidance. This podcast is produced by Mission Advisory Group, an independent registered investment advisor. Please visit our website for all disclosures.